Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Blaze No Glory, the podcast. Unfortunately, it's a solo effort for me tonight, as um, you, McKee, uh, my guest, had to postpone. Um, Ewan and I are definitely going to bring you this combat sports episode. Um, I'm looking forward to it because Ewan's a super sort of charismatic guy who's um, got loads of views on combat sports and knows a lot about it. So I'm looking forward to chatting to him about that. Um, a couple of sort of more sombre things before we get into the podcast itself. Um, first and foremost, um, today, the time of recording, um, it's the 27th of January and it's it's quite a difficult day for um, members and former members of Forrester Rugby Club as Sean Broadfoot was laid to rest today. Um, he passed away just before Christmas, uh, leaving a wife and two children, but also was a guy who left an impression on everyone who um, played with him, uh, was coached by him, um, or just knew him at Forrester Rugby Club. He was a charismatic guy, fun, made you feel welcome, made you feel part of the gang, um, and uh, it will be sorely missed. So my thoughts again, um, and I know I brought it up before, are with the Broadfoot family. Um, if this gets back to you, um, just let it know uh, that you guys and, and Sean are in my thoughts as well as the extended Forrester Rugby Club um, family. Um, moving on for that is another rather sombre matter, but perhaps with some light at the end. Um, a former podcast guest, uh, Michael Maudsley, and I'm sorry if I butchered your name, um, has uh, advised me of the David Hill Memorial Quake. Now, David Hill is not someone I knew, but he um, died suddenly um, playing rugby in Dublin on the 19th of March 2022 at just age 30. Um, he had a lot of family and friends who were obviously very devastated um, at someone dying so young. I am going to have Michael on um, and David's father in the podcast um, around about the end of February or the start of March to talk about um, David, uh, to talk about um, the, the David Hill Memorial Quake in more detail. But what I can tell you is that um, there will be a fixture um, in his honour, um, which is of course the David Hill Memorial Quake, which will take place on the 11th of March 2023 at Peffer Mill on the all-weather pitch. Um, so the game will definitely go ahead um, on that day. There, there should be no other issues. Um, uh, entry is free. Um, there will be um, a bar open and uh, they'll be doing a collection for um, Cardiac Risk in Young, or I think it's Cry for short, the charity. Um, so I'll post out a link to that um, in the podcast description. But I'll also um, put, uh, put links to that on Facebook and on um, my Wix site, uh, which I think you can find a link for on Twitter as well. Um, so you guys have it. Um, so we'll get into that more detail with, uh, with uh, Michael and um, David's father. But uh, if you could maybe go and have a look and maybe give a donation um, to cardiac, uh, cardiac Risk in the Young Charity, um, then that would be much appreciated um, if you can give what you can. Um, and thank you for for um, your consideration of that, everyone. Um, now, to move on to what the, the podcast, I guess, um, 
I wanted to talk about a couple of things tonight, um, which I thought would be a bit more of a bonus filler, um, and maybe uh, maybe just a bit of fun. So earlier on on Twitter today, um, I was uh, sitting waiting for for my uh, for a case to call and work, and um, one I noticed that someone had suggested who would win out of URSC um, United Rugby Championship fifteen. And who would win out of Premiership 15? And they asked who would be in the teams. So I thought I'd have a go at this. Now I have to concede, my knowledge of the Premiership is probably not so good. In fact, my knowledge of some URC teams is probably lacking when it comes to uh, it comes to as well. However, I will attempt to give um, a team that I think would you know win. Um, so um, I'm going to start with the Premiership team because this is probably the team I make the biggest uh, meal of, and probably get shouted at if any any English rugby fans or 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 fans of these teams are listening. Um, but I'm going to start with a uh, loose head prop, and I think I think it's pretty straightforward who it's going to be. Um, but before we go into that, sorry, I, I'm just saying now I'm not taking injuries at the moment into account. And this is a, as if all the players are fitting well, and I know that's never the case, but it just makes it a bit easier for me um, because I don't have to go look up which player in the Premiership is injured. Um, I mean, the only injury I'm aware of is Jamie George because it happened right in front of me um, at the, in the Lothian stand. So um, anyway, uh, getting on to that because I'm now going off on a tangent again. The um, uh, loose head for the Premiership 15, I think everybody would, probably agree would be Ellis Genge. Um, I'm sure there'll be some Joe Marler fans that love that, uh, that would like to see that, um, see him in, sorry, and, and there's maybe a couple others that can put their hand up. But for me, it's got to be Ellis Genge. Um, he's probably, um, it's been a bit criminal from England, actually, that he's not been picked and playing as much. He's better than Mako, as far as I'm concerned. And therefore, um, he, he gets an odd for me. Um, in hooker, um, I mean, Jamie George would have been an obvious candidate. He is um, an England hooker. He's a fantastic player. Um, but for me, for England, it's it's got to be um, Luke, Luke Cowan-Dickey. I've always been a Luke Cowan-Dickey fan. Maybe not a fan of his sort of leanings in, in relation to vaccines and stuff, but I'm more of a fan of him in terms of a rugby player. And he is a good quality rugby player. Uh, and uh, yeah, he would he would get the nod for me. So it's kind of turning into an England front row, of course, um, with Kyle Sinclair making up the tight head um, position, um, and that gives us three um, st- strong scrummagers, I would say, but also quite good in the loose, um, tidy operators. Um, then looking at the second row, now I'm surprised England don't do this very often, but I would have Mario Otoji with Courtney Laws. Um, this Johnny Hill thing I don't get, uh, I'm sure there's other players that people jumping up and down that I don't know about that should be in there. But for me, um, it's got to be Maro Otoji um, with Courtney Laws. Now, basically at the moment, I guess it sounds like I'm just picking an England team. Um, and to an extent, I guess I am. Um, but, you know, I think it's fair to say that those two are two of the best in the uh, the Premiership and uh, they're two of England's best. Uh, now, at six, um, I'm going Tom Hill. Sorry, Tom Hill, Tom Curry. Um, I think Tom Curry's just fantastic, and uh, you know, 
I was a bit disappointed because Mish was out playing him um, in the Lions tour in the lead up to the game. But um, he is a phenomenal player. He's quite young. He makes the team up, I think. Um, and then at seven, um, I've went um, with Ben Earls, um, who I think is a, a criminally underrated player for England. Um, and another player that I think... Um, you know, will do a really good job uh, in that role, especially against the kind of back row that the URC can produce. Um, and then at eight jersey, I've went Dombrant. And I think the reason I've went Dombrant is just because he's a better all-round rugby player, in my opinion, than Billy Vidipola. And also, having watched Billy against Saracen, uh, with Saracens against Edinburgh, what a whiny moaner he is. I mean, no one wants to see that in a friendly game between the URC and in the uh, you know in the in the premiership um at nine well this is where it becomes kind of my team um unfortunately he's now left i would have had faf de clerk in a second uh, in the squad um but for me um i'm going to go danny care um because his character and he's he's exciting and attacking rugby player and just to make it a bit more harlequinsy i'm also going to add in marcus smith at 10. um i think I want excitement um, and enjoyability. I suppose you could argue that linchpin it would be Owen Farrell. Um, but for me, uh, I think Marcus Smith makes it a much more exciting team um, to watch. Um, we'd have Owen Farrell at 12. Oh, that's a tough question. I'm probably going to say no. Probably not going to have Owen Farrell at 12. I think I would have Mano Tulangi at 12. Um, and when you hear the next selection, you might know why. And I know you're probably all thinking it's Scottish bias. You're going to say Chris Harris, and I'm not going to say Chris Harris actually. But I think Manuel Chilani, he makes those yards. He's got a bit of an offloading game about him as well. Um, he's maybe not the distributor or the kicker um, that Farrell is, but he's got that ability um, to to play ball and to do exciting things in attack. And at the end of the day, if it's going to be some kind of all star team, that's what you want. Um, at 13, I'm going to say jo Jonathan Joseph. Um, I know he may have served his time to some people a little bit. He's not really getting in the England squad anymore, but he's he's an exciting runner. And that's uh, that's what I want to see in that team. Um, Chris Harris was probably close for me at 13. Um, or you move to a Lange outside. Um, ooh, sorry. Uh, wingers, I would probably go for Henry, Henry A. Rundle. Um, exciting prospect, um, exciting runner with the ball. Um, the other one's also an exciting runner from the ball in the wing. Um, and finally, a Welsh person in Lewis Rees Samet, um, who is absolutely jets and is just a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, and lastly, this is where it gets tricky for me because you could all, you could pick um, an England fullback or whatever. Um, but I want to see. Someone a little bit more cavalier, someone a bit more mad, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna exert my Scottish bias here. I'd like to see Stuart Hall come in and take that role, um, for 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 himself. Um, I just think it would be exciting to see a Rundle, um, with a, with a player that's a bit more of a ball player, like Hogan is a distributor of the ball more than a lot of fullbacks. So I'd like to see Hogg. Um, come in with you know as I say with uh, a Rundle and, and Rhys Samet and see how that went you know potentially in another another lifetime um, you know Hogg was a few years younger that's Alliance back three um, so that's that's your Premiership team now 
for that Premiership team, I've went for a bit more excitement at the backs, perhaps, and maybe a bit more um, ball snatchy in the front, the front row with you know, in the in the forward. Sorry, with you know, um, your ball playing front three, your um, your your back row uh, be made up of Don Brandt, Ben Eros, and Tom Curry, who are all kind of got that fetching ability about them. But you know, obviously, Don Brandt's I, I just think is a better all round rugby player. Um, Moving to URC, and this is probably, I, I know more about the URC, but I maybe not get it completely right just because of, well, circumstances. Um, first position for me was kind of nailed on um, Stephen Kitsoff. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, loose head. Um, I, I, I think that he's, he, well, he's, he's a part of the bomb squad sometimes, and then sometimes he starts as really really bizarre um, the next one for me was a little bit more tough as um, you guys know hookers possibly more tough and there's a lot of good hookers in the URC in the end I've opted for experience and went Ken Owen um, I know he's maybe passed his best a little bit and I know you could just pick any Irish hooker and it'd probably be awesome um, but Ken Owen for me just gets the nod also um, I wanted to try and get one Welsh player in. Um, I'm doing this off the cuff a little bit, so um, you never know. There might be more, but that's uh, let's let's go with Ken Owen at the hooker spot, and um, it's really a no-brainer for tighthead. It's got to be tag for long, for long, right? Um, the guy is unreal. Um, so yeah, tag for long for me in there. Um, in terms of um, the uh, second row, it's a lot of swithering about for this, but I think. Ultimately, um, he has to be picked, and that is um, my, one of my favourite players, and it, which is weird for me to say this because I really don't like the Irish rugby team in the sense that I always want them to. I kind of root against them, and I, th I don't know what it is. It's just the thing about them. I guess when you're at the top all the time, people want you to fall down, right? Um, so uh, yeah, Tagburn, um, the other tag, it's got to be in there. Um, Excellent, excellent rugby player. Um, and then um, coming back in and solidifying that second row, and it's a terrifying second row, this guy, Eben Estevez, uh, or Estebeth even. Um, can you leave him out if he's available? No. Um, in the back row, back row, a bit more tricky. There was I want, there's some soft selections. Like I would quite like to bring in Jamie Ritchie. Um, I quite like um, Luke Crosby at the moment, that he's playing for Edinburgh. You've got Jack Dempsey playing well for Glasgow. You could go for all these guys, but I think you've got to be kind of try and be neutral about it and, and put who you think is possibly the best lot in. Now, I would have Khaleesi in there, um, Sia Khaleesi. I think, you know, he just brings that leadership. He'd be the captain of the team. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's, he's just, you know, he plays at a high level constantly. So I bring him in um, at seven. I think just the way he plays, Joss van der Fleer um, has to come in um, and uh, and take that 7-0. Now, this will seem like Edinburgh bias, but I'm going to pick Bill Matter for number eight. Um, I think he offers a point of difference that other um, players that I've named don't and other back rows don't. I know you've got Doris. Doris is unreal. Complete six as well. Um, you would you would maybe have him in the team. Uh, Peter O'Mahoney. Or um, he is another player I can't stand, but just an excellent 
hard rugby player that you know you could you could live with having in the team. Um, Justin Tipperick um, from Wales, um, you know, plus plus loads more. Um, I think you know. I mean, that's a player. Speaking of Welsh players, we missed out. We've missed out a very good Welsh back row and Toby Falatau in the the Premiership team. Um, but um, I've done that one now, so I'm gonna go back and change it. So yeah, um, I would I would go big Bill Matter, and it's it's not due to any kind of prejudices, but I just think the guys the guy's brilliant. Um, scum half again. I'm not. I guess I'm not as quite as tuned into. All who the scum halves are outside the Scottish teams um, in the URC, but for me, um, you you got to look at the Irish provinces, and they've normally got good ones. You've got Doak, who I think is pretty good. Um, you've got uh, Casey, who's pretty good, um, and then you've you've got um, what's his name. Oh, that's bad. Uh, Cooney, who might be Scottish anyway, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and amongst others. And I do think uh, that looking at it um, from from all angles, I think I would probably opt um, for um, Jameson Gibson Park um, just because it gives you settled uh, one, two. And as much as I hate to say it, I think Sexton probably is your number 10. Um there's not a lot of household names in number ten for me in the URC, but it's still a great league. Um, twelve, uh, twelve's a bit more, a bit more tricky. Um, I do love McCluskey from from uh, Ulster, um, and uh, I think probably though I would go with Henshaw um, at twelve. Uh, just he, he offers that that point of difference. He's less likely to get red carded than Bundy Aki as well, so. I'd probably go for him. Um, thirteen is no brainer. It's Am. Um, it has to be Am at thirteen. <laughs> He's just too good not to put in there. Uh, now the back row. I saw a lot of people naming the same back row, and I'm going to upset them. Um, and this might be because one of the players injured. Um, the first player, well, first player before we go into the one that might upset people is is my Pimpy. Uh, I, I actually think that he's he's not underrated. Right, everyone knows he's good. But because Colby does all these fancy things with his feet, everyone thinks that you know Colby's awesome and is the best player for South Africa. He's really not. Mapimpi's a much better winger, um, and I would pick Mapimpi ahead of him every day of the week and twice on Sundays, as they say. Um, so Mapimpi um, comes into the, the squad for me. I know that Colby's in France, by the way. Before anyone mentions that, um, into the a uh, into the other wing. Um, this is where people might think, well, it's Scottish bias, but just on form this year, it's got to be Darcy Graham. Um, and again, I know he's injured, you know, blah, 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 but Darcy Graham is just phenomenal. Um, and I think the way he's been playing, you know, he, he had he would have to come in if he's fully fit. Um, full back for me, again, another no-brainer. Um, you know, there's, there's arguments all over the shop, but for me, it has to be... Um, Hugo Keenan, um, and I'm I'm good. I've I've said this at the time, and I meant it. Hugo Keenan, um, was overlooked for the British and Irish lines. He should have been in ahead of Williams or Hogg. And as much as I love Hogg, um, in terms of form, ability, and all the rest of it, Hugo Keenan should have been in the Lions team before Hogg or Williams. Um, 
you know, that's just the be all and end at the, the end of the discussion for me for that. So, who do we think would win? Um, well, based on the fact that I've picked the teams and I know more about the URC and probably have is probably slightly more balanced. I think the the URC team would win. Um, to be honest with you, I think a Premiership fifteen against Leinster would lose. Um, I think a Premiership fifteen against the URC a URC team would also get beat quite comfortably. Um, it's nothing to do with the players being like just basically England and having a kind of all star team. I just think that when you're playing that game, if they played it ten times, nine times, the URC team would win. Uh, that's just because um, I think on balance the URC has a better league um, than the Premiership in terms of depth and ability and I think that's because most of the teams are kind of run by their union in some way so the players are kept a bit fresher and the teams are a bit deeper um, so anyway that was the URC um, uh, debate I'm sure that people will shout at me and say I got it wrong or I missed their favourite or something like that I don't profess to sit here and know every single player in the URC and every single player in the Premiership this is just based on my sort of knowledge of it, I can sit and tell you who's in form and who's not in form. Um, anyway, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is it's, uh, it's the last weekend in January and uh, tomorrow um, night, Saturday night, brings the Royal Rumble um, back for WWE. Now, it's people say it's not a sport, it's scripted. Well, we all know that, but it is a form of athleticism and... Uh, and it is fun. Um, it's the most fun event in, in wrestling, I would say, um, just because it's kind of random and you, there's a, there's always a surprise. You know, some old guy comes back and gets thrown over the top rope straight away, some celebrity, whatever. Um, so I thought I'd talk some predictions in, in the Royal Rumble and talk about the Royal Rumble matches rather than talking about um, the uh, actual card, as it were, because um, it would be there be there for all night and I quite frankly don't have the energy for it at this time um, but I was thinking about this and I don't know if anyone's been coming up with the wrestling but um, you know what I'd like to see in the men's Royal Rumble um, is um, Sami Zayn uh, to to be challenged by Roman Reigns to go and win the Rumble and that's his final test with the Bloodline for those of you not been following the Bloodline are basically a group of um, Samoan wrestlers but this guy Sami Zayn who's actually a, can a, a Canadian has sort of come in as an honorary member of this group of this family um, but now there's questions about his loyalty and stuff like that and it's all you know it's all nonsense but um, the storyline is actually kind of good and um, I think it'd be cool for him to win the Royal Rumble um, and the idea being that he wins it and then Roman Reigns can, like he's supposed to lay down for Roman Reigns um, the guy who's in charge of the whole family business and then he goes and says no I want my shot at the title and then wins at Wrestlemania I think the crowd would absolutely go off on that and if that's the what they've got in store then I'd love it probably isn't, probably something completely different but I do love it um, so that is the, uh, the men's Royal Rumble the women's one's a bit tougher to call because they've got so many like really like interesting little storylines going on with the women's one, um, but they don't they don't sell them as much as they probably should. Um, I think uh, I think for me it's going to be it's going to be somewhere in the region of like the usual suspects for the women's one. You know, like Ronda Rousey, 
that sort of thing unless they have some kind of surprise signing for someone who wins a Royal Rumble. Um, I do love Alexa Bliss, but she's actually got a title match. She would have been my pick to win it if she if she wasn't in the title match already. Um, so I think you know if she wins it, I think there's a possibility Liv Morgan wins it because they're trying to get her over. Um, but who knows? I'd love for them to sign someone else just random and they turn up and win it. That'd be pretty cool as well. Um, anyway, um, enough about Royal Rumble um, or the Royal Rumbles coming up. Um, talk, I just thought I'd talk a little bit about my favourite Royal Rumbles or my favourite moments in Royal Rumble. I remember, well, one of probably my least favourite moment in Royal Rumble, given how frightened I was, I remember watching a Royal Rumble show where The Undertaker, um, those, even if you don't know wrestling, you know who The Undertaker is, right? The Undertaker um, and Yoko Zuda um, had a, a casket match, which is a match where you win by incapacitating your opponent enough that they get put in a casket, um, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, suspension of disbelief and all that um, yeah that match terrified me because the Undertaker supposedly died in it and then rose from the dead at the end at the end of the match on the video screen and I've never been so frightened in my young life um, but you know it was good entertainment I guess looking back on it um, it's my favourite Royal Rumble was the 2001 just because it was the first one I'd watched getting into wrestling as an adult again um, and The Rock was in it and it was the first time I'd really got to know him and he was very charismatic and um, you know and all sorts so yeah um, that was I guess the two um, my, my two favourite sort of little moments that I remember from Royal Rumbles uh, Kofi Kingston jumping on barriers and stuff is pretty cool as well but yeah anyway that's enough about Royal Rumble um, finally just touch on some NFL and that's obviously going on this weekend as well it's a uh, championship weekend and if you're listening to this after championship weekend you can laugh if I got this wrong but um, I can't see the Bengals losing against the Chiefs um, Patrick Mahone's got an ankle injury rolled his ankle a bit but the Bengals just look like picture perfect at the moment their lines play both lines are playing really well um, Joe Burrow looks like he is, you know, I think he's possibly the best quarterback in the league, even more so than maybe Mahomes. Like I think he can do it all. He's a he's a really good pocket passer as well. Um, the NFC game's a little bit harder to call, but I, I know it's going to upset Berkey, um, my friend from uh, that's from sort of that area and supports the Eagles, but. I think San Francisco are going to get into the Super Bowl as well, even with the last overall draft pick. So, yeah, it's just they've got an awesome team. And I quite like about San Francisco, which I shouldn't say as someone who's predominantly supports the Rams, is San Francisco are doing all of this with a seventh round dead last draft pick quarterback who's considered to be Mr. Irrelevant is what they call the person who... Um, gets the last overall draft pick which just shows that football is actually a team game because um, quite often people think you've got an awesome quarterback you're just going to win the Bills had an awesome quarterback and they look dire um, so it just shows if you're well coached you've got loads of good players around your quarterback you can still succeed with someone who's like pretty novice or not considered an elite talent um, so I think that I, I quite like that story because quite often it's like all about quarterbacks in the NFL, so I like that. Um, yeah, so apart from that, let's call it a night. It's we're almost half an hour. Let's not do a big long one like I did last week. 
Um, moment to come back. Um, I've got some interviews lined up with various people uh, that I'm going to do. Um, come back next week, have a bit of a chat. Um, by then we might know the Scotland team, so I might chat a little bit about that, depending on who I've got on. Um, just um, last last thing, and I did want to touch on this just briefly before I went uh, away, because um, it does mean something to me um, and to people I, I know, friends that I have. Um, the Scottish Rugby Trans Ban has come in and they've, they've followed suit of the RFU and the WRU and I think the IRFU as well and completely banned trans people. Um, now, I think the people who are most qualified to debate this topic are are women and trans women because it's, you know, essentially that's what the rugby is for. Um, I think what gets me about the SRU's decision and that of those before them is... This they've got these things about bone structure and it gets all technical and it's all biological this biological that but there's and and that that may be so I don't know I'm not qualified to talk about those sorts of things but I think what annoys me about it is that there doesn't seem to have been any collaboration with the people who are actually affected by this um, the players in the leagues um, and uh, it seems to be that I've, from what I've seen. There's a great deal of the women's rugby community come out speaking against this, um, including current Scottish internationalists. So I think, again, this is the, the one thing this is definitely an example of, whether you agree with it or disagree with with the action of SRU, it's another example of the, the SRU being someone to help them out with their PR. Um, I mean... You've got you've got a situation where you announce this in a week where Liberton Rugby Club have cancelled their women's team due to not being able to support their quote additional needs end quote and um also Rufus McLean getting sacked and obviously still being in the news, albeit I give credit to Glasgow. <laughs> we're all ready to give credit to them for coming out and saying that they were taking steps to try and educate people and make sure they had good role, male role models for people and you're like oh good for you you're trying to be preventative you're not being reactive that's excellent you've you've realized there's a you know there's there's been a, a, a you know a, a snake in, in your organization and you're now trying to make sure that no more get in excellent oh wait a minute we're going to announce this thing that is that has all the subtlety of a brick through a window and expect everyone just to sort of sweep over it. And then they try to cheat to put it in a mail dump with about 40 other things. We're talking about Finn Russell articles and this article and all this stuff to try and deflect it. Own the bloody decision, SRU, if you're going to do it, own it. But goodness sake, this was something that was going away for you guys. You didn't have to do it. <laughs> you didn't. And the, the, the whole thing you'd had J.K. Rowling or somebody else tweeting you, maybe it wasn't J.K. Rowling, but there was people tweeting at you to do something to follow the RFU and there's been people mentioning it in comments. That had quietened down. You know, it was unnecessary to make this decision. Now you could have had a proper consult with players about it and then made the decision. Um, and, and what I take issue with is they're basing it on supposed scientific evidence, and I, I, I'm not disputing that males and females are different, okay? 
um, at birth, um, I mean, in terms of sex. Um, but <laughs> there wasn't a, was there any evidence that actually there were more injuries because of because of trans inclusion in women's rugby? I'd like to know that question. I'd like to know what the players thought um, or actually thought about this. You know, obviously we're seeing things and we, Twitter's a, an echo chamber, right? So you go on Twitter and you follow the people you kind of agree with. You don't really follow people you don't agree with on Twitter. So you hear people that you agree with. Um, but I think the thing is, and this is something to bear in mind for everyone, right, when you're sitting talking about this thing. Not everyone who supports the ban or the rules that the SRU made is a transphobic person, but every transphobic person will support the ban. So when you're thinking about it, really think about why you're supporting the ban. And the last thing I'll say, which will sound kind of preachy, is treat people the way they want to be treated. And if a trans woman is being is saying they're as a trans woman they're a woman if that's how they want to be addressed and if a trans man wants to be addressed as a trans man address them as such and if someone says they're non-binary and wants to be addressed as they them then address them as such yeah you'll make mistakes i still do it with people i know who are non-binary but just think that one day that could be your family and that could be the way your family feels uh, your family member feels um so you know, before you be really cruel, just think of you making yourself a hypocrite. Anyway, that's enough serious talk. Um, I hope you enjoyed the pod. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, have a great uh, weekend, uh, week, whenever you listen to this. Um, cheers. <laughs>